0: We're kicking off a brand new series this weekend called Change Your World, and I'm really excited about this, uh, this weekend, starting it off, kind of an introductory message, but I'll tell you what, as excited as I am this weekend, I'm even more excited about The weekend that's coming up May 24th, and the reason is, uh, it's going to be the first time, really stoked about this, I'm going to be preaching live in Poughkeepsie on May 24th, Sunday, May 24th, Uh, we'll record the message on Thursday night as we've grown accustomed to, and we'll show that in Hopewell by video on the big screen, we'll put in this place uh, right up here. But on the 24th, uh, we've got the technology now available to us. So I'm going to be preaching live in Poughkeepsie at Regal Cinemas, and it's going to be projected up on that huge screen. Uh, and so I'm real excited about that and to meet some folks that have been at Tenon Valley for months uh, that I've never had a chance to meet personally. And so pretty stoked about that. So that's coming up on May the 24th, Memorial Day weekend. But right now, we're kicking off this brand new series called Change Your World. And if you haven't noticed lately, the world's changing, isn't it? I mean, things are really changing, and it seems like they're changing rapidly. For those of us that are maybe grown up, but we're not necessarily old, like in their mid-40s or something like that, uh, it's a different world than when we grew up. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, we're, we're, we're just grown. We're not grown old or anything like that. But, but the world is changing, and it's changing rapidly. And, and the fact about the matter is God created the church to be an agent of change and influence in the world. But the fact about the matter is that's really not the case. There's, There's so much of the world that influences us as Christians, but God's desire is that we would change our world. And so that's what this whole series is about. First of all, why? I mean, what's that all about? What can I do, and and how do we go about that, really? In Jeremiah chapter uh, 15, verse 19, the Bible makes it really, really clear. You are to influence them. Do not let them influence you. Exclamation point. And and so, so God's pretty emphatic about this. It doesn't seem like he's like kind of, maybe, sort of. He says, you are to influence them. Do not let them influence you. And so I guess my first question as we're starting out this series, just kind of get us on the same page, thinking uh, the same kind of thoughts and the same wavelength as this. Are you an influencer or are you being influenced? Are you an influencer? Or are you someone who kind of creates the environment around you on the job? in your home when you're out with your friends are you an influencer are you influencing them are they influencing you see this whole idea of influence or this whole idea of each of us has a sphere of influence that God's given it your sphere of influence is not necessarily the same sphere of influence I have but God wants to leverage your influence, and leverage my influence to change this world. And for many of us, we've never even thought about that before. But just even starting off, here's, you're to influence them. Do not let them influence you. Jump forward in the New Testament. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, puts it this way i breaking in here in verse 13. The area of influence God assigned to us is to reach you. You have an assigned area of influence by God. Each and every one of us has an assigned area of influence. And it's for a purpose. What's the purpose? To reach others. To reach others. But our hope is Is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. God not only wants us to influence others, he wants to enlarge that influence. That that influence would grow exponentially. So that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you. God's got a plan. And and you and I were created for a unique purpose. We've talked about this a lot. And, and God has a plan, and he's placed you, and he's placed me in places and spheres of influence to touch and to impact people's lives. Not even just for our community, but even bigger than that, so that we can preach the gospel in lands beyond you. That that influence, the, the, the influence of Jesus Christ in the world today would grow and grow and grow and grow. Many times you watch the news or get the update on your phone and it seems like the influence of Jesus Christ is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. What do, what's God going to do about it? He's got a plan. Here it is. You and I. That's what his plan is. You know, it, it makes me think about this a lot. Uh, coming up in just a few days, May 20th will be 25 years since I've been ordained here, since I've been a pastor here at Valley Christian Church. 25 years. The the average tenure of a pastor in America is seven years. Seven years. 25 years is a career. A lot of guys retire at this point. But uh, as I said, I'm I'm just still young. I'm not old yet, so I'm gonna keep going. (laughs) But, 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 when 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 Susie and I got married, actually I started here before we were married. I was a single guy for like it was awful. It was like three months, and uh, and so we were engaged, and I came in May, and then in August we got married. And uh, God put a dream in our hearts, and, and the reason why I know it was a, a dream from God is because it's bigger than 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 we could have ever dreamt ourselves, and, and it wasn't just to to impact a community it was to change a community. That was what was really in our hearts. A lot of my friends, their whole goal in graduating was, well, I'll be a youth pastor for two years, then I'll be an associate pastor for two years, and then hopefully I'll get that senior pastor call, and I was just like, you know what, I just wanna go somewhere, and I just wanna sink down roots, and I wanna just change and transform a community by the power of the Holy Spirit for Jesus Christ. And so I've got a lot of tread left on the tire. 25 years, we, we think, you know, uh, we've got a whole lot more work to do. And, and the thing that we've realized, God has just crazy blessed our church. Um, I, I never wanted to be a senior pastor until I was really old, to like 50. And, uh, uh, but, but as God would have it, at 24 years old, I became the pastor, senior pastor of this church that I grew up in. Went from a senior in high school in a youth group, to the senior pastor of the church in seven years. I was the youngest male child. I was the youngest male at 24 years old in the whole uh, whole church. And God has just blessed our church, and I realize sometimes we just take this for granted. It it almost seems common. But I was going back, and I was looking at some, some of the history of our church just recently. Last weekend was Mother's Day, last Sunday. Do you know, three years ago, just just a little comparison just to see what God has done through Valley Christian Church it's crazy mind-blowing three years ago Mother's Day we had baby dedications three years ago 36 months ago our attendance was 507 people That's pretty significant 507 people three years ago this past weekend Mother's Day three years later our attendance was 949 people in three years that, that, that's the top 1% largest churches in North America. Just absolutely mind-blowing. And, and yet, you know what? As awesome as that is and incredible that it is, a church almost double in 36 months, we realize that that's God's dream, and he's not even close to being done yet. He wants this influence to continue to grow, that it would greatly enlarge so that we can preach the gospel in lands even Beyond Southern Dutchess County or even Northern Dutchess in Poughkeepsie. He wants that influence to continue to grow and grow and grow. Because as much as God loves you and me, here's the thing He loves everyone just the same. And there are so many people in our community that have still not heard the gospel. And who's going to tell them? How are they going to hear unless someone tells them? We hear that in the New Testament. And so one of the ways that that, that this happens, a major significant way, is this whole idea of God working through my life, working through your life to change our world. A number of years ago, a great uh, minister named Bill Bright who started Campus Crusade for Christ, which is just, it's all throughout the United States and really global on college campuses and all, um, had this really, I I guess you'd say, kind of like a revelation of how society and culture works together. And, and he called this the, uh, the seven mountains, or sometimes it's called the seven streams of influence. That basically there's seven different uh, uh, elements that, that define culture, that influence culture. And, and the whole idea is this, that God wants to influence every one of those seven streams or those seven mountains of influence. And I want to share them with you right now. And I want you, as we're talking about this, just to think about, where do I fit in? Which one of these seven streams, which one of these seven mountains of influence has God placed me? Here's the first one, the church. That's mine. (laughs) That's where I am. That's where he's placed me, in the church. And and so there's this idea, though, that, that really is not a biblical idea, and we can go back even in history of the United States, it's not necessarily in the history and the founding of our country either, that this is supposed to all be to itself, that, that, that there's never supposed to be any spillover into any other segment of society. But nothing could be further from the truth. That, that in reality, God has the church to influence the other six streams or the other six mountains. And so let's look at that. After the church, the next one is government. Government. We have, we have a lot of folks in our church that are involved in government. I mean, it's almost disproportional. All different areas of government. Elected officials... Members of the church, we, we have uh, law enforcement, members of the church, all kinds of government people, military in the government, just just incredible amount, and it's another area where God has placed people to influence them for His sake. How about this one? Arts and entertainment, arts and entertainment. This is this is music, this is film, this is sports, th- this is this is. Almost, It's a big umbrella here. Arts and inter- entertainment. Maybe that's where you fit in as well. How about this one? Education. This is the other kind of like for Valley. This is totally disproportionate. How many like, like government and education. We have so many teachers. So many people that are involved in the teaching uh, profession. And, and also, by the way, if you're here and you're like, well you know, I'm not any of these things. I'm a student. Bing! Your education. See, you're right in there. Ne- not necessarily a provider, you may be a consumer. Okay, so right there, education. How about this one, business? Business. Also in the area of business. So, so many people that I know personally that are entrepreneurs, own their own businesses, and God's placed you there to influence other people for his sake. Then how about this one, media? Media, any type of media. This could be online, this could be print, Uh, This could be uh, television, newspaper, whatever. I know folks that are listening to this right now in Valley Christian Church that are in media. Just absolutely amazing the influence, the potential that's here. And then here's the last one, family. Family. The greatest influence we will ever have is over our own children as moms and dads. And so these seven streams of influence, where is it that, that, that you fit in to those streams? Church, government, arts and entertainment, education, business, media, family? You know, I used to think this, and, and I need to update this. I used to believe that the local church was the hope of the world. I don't believe that anymore. After 25 years of pastor in a local church, I just don't believe that anymore. I don't believe that the local church is the hope of the world. I believe that the local church mobilized is the hope of the world. Let me say that again. I believe the local church mobilized on the move. Why would you start a second campus in Poughkeepsie? Because I believe. The local church mobilized. Jesus said, go into all the world, not stay and hope they come to you. Go into all the world and make disciples. And you know what all that world is? Those seven (laughs) mountains of influence, those seven streams of influence. That's all the world. We're supposed to influence all the world. Remember what Jesus said? In fact, I'm still working on that book. Hopefully it's gonna be coming not too long. In Matthew chapter five, verse 13, he said, you are like salt for the whole human race. The book I started writing a year ago, Salty Church. He says, you are salt for the whole human race. That's God's intention for you and me, that we would salt, that we would flavor it, that we would influence those seven streams, those seven mountains, instead of them influencing us and shaping us. This is one of the big reasons why I so enjoyed for 12 years coaching high school football because it got me out, it got me in the community. Influencing young men, that's why I did it, that's why I miss it, I just can't do it any longer. But, but the time that I spent for 12 years coaching high school football at John Jay High School and, and then at Lord's High School, and, and you know it was really, really nice. For three of those years, maybe it was four out of the 12, I was a paid coach. But after that, they offered me another paid position. I said, no, give it to somebody else. I'll volunteer 25 hours a week. 25 hours a week. Just because I recognized God was giving me an area, a sphere of influence. And I wanted to use that influence. And if it meant someone else getting paid, let them get paid. I know why I'm here. It's not for a paycheck. It's to influence those young men. Influence the people in that school. Influence those administrators. Influence those other coaches. And so, you are like salt for the whole human race. What does it mean? How how do we influence? Here's a simple question. Just simply asking, how can we help? See, it's not about folks helping us. As followers of Christ, we're supposed to be here to help others. That's how you influence. How can I help you? What can I do to help? What can I do to lighten your load? How can I help? Over the next few weeks in this series, we're gonna talk a lot about how we can actually begin to not just in theory, but practically change the world around us and make it a better place. It all really starts with, how can I help? What can I do to help you out? Not not my agenda, not fulfill my agenda. What can I do to help you, and watch this now, fulfill Jesus' agenda? That's what I wanna be about. That's the way we change our world. Jesus went on just a few verses after this. Matthew chapter five, verse 16. He said, let your light shine so that others will see the good that you do and will praise your Father in heaven. Let your light shine so others will see the good that you do and will Praise your Father in heaven. I heard it this way. Let me see if I can quote this off the top of my head. Uh, We as Christians should live our life in such a way that it causes atheists to second guess their beliefs. Bang, you got it. How about that? That they would see our good works, they would see us helping others, and they're like, wait a minute. There's got to be a God, He's got to be real. Jesus said, let your light shine. That's why we we don't need to shine a light in the noonday sun. Where are we supposed to shine our lights? Where's darkest? That's where we shine our lights. And and so, just again, just kind of beginning to move into this understanding of influence and, and really being a stewardship, being a good steward of the influence that God's given to us. I think there's three important questions that we need to ask Three important questions when it comes to this whole idea of changing our world and being a good steward of the influence that God's given to us. Three important questions. Here's the first question. This is powerful. Why? Why? Why, why, why influence? Why, why try to change our world? I mean, is that even possible? Why do it? Here's the reason why. Why, why help other people out? Well, why go out of our way for someone that, that is, uh, you know, cursing God under their breath? Why do that? By the way, if, uh, if you get real uptight about people cursing God under their breath, don't ever coach football. <laughs> Let me just tell you that. Just uh, it's kind of, you know, it's just kind of all around all the time. I remember one day after after coaching at John Jay for uh, seven years having some players for four years, one of them came up to me and said, Coach, I've never once heard you swear. Go ahead. It'll make you feel good. I said, no, it won't, and I'm not going to. But they were watching. They were listening. You know, Coach Williamson, he, does, he doesn't talk like that. Letting the light shine. Three important questions. Why? Why? Why do this? Why? Because God really likes it when we love his kids. God really likes it when we love other people. It puts a smile on his face. When we're kind to others, even when they don't deserve it. When we go out of our way to help someone else out. See, worship is singing as we were a minute ago. But worship's more than that, isn't it? Worship is really being the hands and the feet of Jesus to others. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16, puts it this way. Don't forget to do good things for others and to share what you have with them. These are the kind of, look at that, sacrifices that please God. That word sacrifice in the Bible always has to do with worship. It's a worship word, sacrifice. Just like in the Old Testament, they made sacrifices of of lambs and goats and doves and birds, In the New Testament, that was worship in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, look at a form of worship. Don't forget to do good things for others and to share what you have with them. These are the kind of sacrifices that please God. These are the kind of sacrifices, and by the way, that's the GW version, that's not Greg Williamson, that's God's word version, all right? I don't have my own translation. I just wanted to clear that up for a minute. Uh, but, but these are the kind of sacrifices that please God, that put a smile on his face. These are the kind of things, when we help other people, it's like God, you know, he just elbows, he's on the throne of heaven, he just elbows Jesus, or would be sitting on his right hand, he just elbows Jesus and he goes, you see that? You see down there? That's my boy right there. That's my boy helping those folks out. That, that, that's my girl. Man, I'm so proud of her. Look at how she's helping. Look at how she's doing good to others. Puts a smile on God's face. Mother Teresa put it this way. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And boy, didn't she show us. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we looked at this in our last series. It says, for we are God's workmanship, what? Created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has stuff for you to do. God has stuff for me to do. Good work, helping other people out. That's why. So many of us, I think, we miss opportunities because we're living life way too fast. And there's all these opportunities and people that God wants us to touch, and we're just like, phew so focused on the next thing to check off the to-do list that I have to accomplish today. We miss these opportunities. I think for some of us, God just wants to say, slow down. Slow down. Take a walk. Just take a stroll. Don't be so busy. I've got some stuff i prepared in advance for you to do. And that gentleman sitting on the park bench, yeah, I love him too. And I want you to talk to him. Here's the second question, where? Where where are we supposed to do it? Right where you are. Right where you are. We don't have to look for a place to begin to influence people with, with, with good works. Influence people for the cause of Jesus Christ right where we are, right in your world. See that's how we change the world. Just right where our world is, right where we work, right where we live, right where we play, right where we shop. That's again one of the reasons why I just love our campus in Poughkeepsie. It is the heart of Dutchess County, the Gallery of Mall. That's where I want to be. That's, that's 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 where we want to be influencing, folks. Right there. I heard this before. This is pretty interesting. You read through the book of Acts. And I've I've thought long and hard about this. I think this is true. The book of Acts, you see all these miracles, all these incredible things happen. Do you know two-thirds of everything recorded in the book of Acts happened in the marketplace, not in the temple? How about that? Not up in here in church on Sunday morning, but out in there Monday through Saturday. That's where the book of Acts took place, where people lived, where people worked, in government, all these different places. That's where it took place. Next week, we're gonna talk about how to identify your area of influence. I'm real excited about it. But for the time being, it reminds me, you know, you say, well, what can I do? Where do I even start? It reminds me of the Old Testament when God said to to Moses, when he said to Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and deliver my people, the the Hebrew people from the bondage of of Egypt. And and Moses goes, well, what am I gonna do? I can't do anything. I've got no, no ability to do that. In Exodus chapter 4, verse 2, then the Lord said to Moses, what's in your hand? He said, a staff, shepherd's staff. Then the Lord said, throw it on the ground. The very thing that he had in his hand that was so common to him for being a shepherd, his job, his vocation. He said, what you have in your hand is all that I need. That's all that I need. Throw it down on the ground. And when Moses threw the staff on the ground, it turned into a snake. Then he said, pick it up. And he picked it up, and it turned back into a staff again. And he said, you show that little trick right there to Pharaoh. See what he thinks about that. (laughs) So so many times you say, I I really want to influence people, but I've got to do this and this and this first. God says, no. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? What, What are the tools of your occupation? Where have I placed you? That's all I need. I've placed you there for a reason. What's in your hand? So last night, uh, my, my wife and I and our kids, we, we went to high school because uh, it was academic awards night, and and uh, we were there because our daughter Brooke is a senior and she got some really great academic awards and honor society and she takes after her mother and uh, you know uh, so we walked in there and, and I'll tell you uh, I coached at, at at Lord's there for three years and it's been three years since I've coached there, and I walked into the gym where the where the ceremony was taking place up in the bleachers. I hear coach. Coach screaming and yelling. And I looked up there and it's one of the guys that I coached. He comes running down. He comes running down the bleachers. I said, "Hey man, how you doing?" Gave him a hug. And I said, "What are you doing here? This is academic achievement." <laughs> he said, "Coach, I made the honor society." And at that moment, right there hugging him, I just felt God's Spirit say, Tell him how you feel. Right there in the bleachers in the gym, I'm hugging him. I said, Man, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. Because I knew that was a lot of hard work for this guy. I said, I'm proud of you. And I patted him on the chest after we stopped hugging. Susie and the girls had already walked up ahead. And so I caught up to them and we sat down. They turned to me and said, Dad, what was that all about? I just told them what happened. One of my daughters is still at school there. She goes, Dad, I know that guy. He told me one time, his dad's never told him once in his life that he's proud of him. I wondered why when I was hugging the the guy and, and telling that and whispering in his ear, I looked down and I saw his dad sitting right there watching the whole thing. That's why I coached football for 12 years. Because a boy needs to hear that, and if not from his father, then from his coach. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. God has placed each of us in an area of influence. And he wants us to leverage that influence for Jesus. That's how we change the world. What has he placed in your hand, just like Moses, to change the world? Galatians chapter six, verse four. It says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given and then sink yourself into that. To take a moment, God, who have you made me? Who have you created me to be? What's the place that you've placed me, the area of influence? And then sink your teeth into it. Sink your teeth into it for Jesus to influence others right where you are. It's amazing. In our world that is so inward focused, so self-centered, if you just decide when you wake up in the morning, I'm gonna encourage people today. It is shocking how your light will shine. Just being positive. Just encouraging people. Absolutely shocking. I love how uh, Helen Keller put it. Most of us know who Helen Keller was. Helen Keller put it this way. I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something that I can do. Woman who was deaf and blind. I can't do everything, but what I can do, I'm gonna do that. I will not refuse to do what I can do. Help someone else out. Influence them for Jesus. First was the why, then there's the where, and here's the third question. You might have already kind of gotten there. How? How, how are we going to do this? Well, I think there's two ways, two real simple things that I'm going to give you just to take with you to begin to just, over this next week, to live out. The first is this. Be sensitive to the Spirit's nudges. Be sensitive to the Spirit's nudges. You know, I I. I I, I don't know, I, I think I probably miss this more than I get it. I, I think I probably just am blind to this more than I actually respond. But I know last night, at that academic awards, I, I know I, I felt a nudge. I know I felt a nudge inside. Just tell him. Tell him you're proud of him. I had no idea that boy had never heard that in his life from his father, sitting right there in his bleachers. Man, I'm so glad I'm so glad that I didn't walk in there when I heard, coach, I just ignored it because I was afraid he's going to embarrass me. I'm so glad. To just be sensitive to the Spirit's nudges. And here's the thing I believe. I think he's nudging us all the time. In fact, that's a great thing to pray when we wake up in the morning. Lord, let me just be sensitive to your nudges, your Spirit's nudges today. In Proverbs chapter three, verses 27 and 28, it says, never walk away from someone who deserves help. Well, there it is, plain and simple. Your hand is God's hand for that person. Never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them right now. Be sensitive to the Spirit's nudges. That's the first way, I think, that real practically how we can help. And here's the second way, the last point. Find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it. Find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it. Listen, we've all got stuff. We're we're, we're all struggling. And and the the sad thing is this. So many times, all I want to think about is my hurt, and there are other people that are hurting so much more around me. Find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it. And it's amazing how many times when when I feel a need, when I feel hurt, if I look to meet someone else's need, if I look to heal someone else's hurt, all of a sudden, God just takes care of my need. God takes care of my hurt. Find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it. Isaiah chapter 58, it's, it's an amazing Passage. It talks about fasting and, and the kind of fast that God really loves, that God really gets into. Isaiah 58, verses 10 through 11, just two verses. Look at what it says. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and you satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will shine in the darkness by helping those that are hungry and satisfying the needs of the oppressed. It's one of the main ways here that God says, that's it. You're getting it done. You're making me proud. Then your light will shine in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. Did you notice that? When I get my eyes off my need and my hurt and I begin to look at the need of someone else and the hurt of someone else and I try to meet that need, heal that hurt, then your night will become like noonday. We all have night. But the key is meeting someone else's need healing someone else's hurt. And then our night becomes like noonday. The, then uh, the Lord will guide you always and he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. How about that? When, when we get in our mind, I'm gonna meet someone else's need. When we just settle, I'm going to heal someone else's hurt, then God says, and you watch when you do that what I'm gonna do in your life. Just watch. Watch. So let me end with this, this quote by Francis Assisi. You've probably heard this before, but I think it's very appropriate for this message as we're starting out this series over the next four weeks. Francis of Assisi put it this way, Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. Preach the gospel all the time, at all times, and when necessary, use words. That, that just as we looked at, people would see our good deeds and give glory to our Heavenly Father. So I'm going to ask right now, as we are kicking off this series, and we've talked about and just kind of begun to drill down a little bit deeper in this idea of changing our world, I'm going to ask right now, would you just bow your heads with me, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that beginning today, Lord, and over the next few weeks, as we really look at what your scripture has to say about how you want to change our world through us, through our lives, God, help us even this week to be sensitive to your spirit's nudges, and Father, help us to determine every day to find a need and to fill it, and find a hurt and to heal it.